Hey, Happy Enders. Um, I've actually been thinking about doing this on and off, and I'm just going to do it. I'm sitting alone in my massage room on my massage table, and um, I don't know. I just felt like maybe I should do this, and then I thought maybe I shouldn't, but okay, here we go. Um, so Brody Stevens uh, passed away on Friday, and he actually was supposed to be on my podcast on March 5th. And um, uh, <laughs> so we had a date, and obviously that date's not going to happen now. And so I thought I could share some of my Brody experiences. Obviously, they're not as much as some people. In fact, uh, for a while, I was thinking that maybe I wasn't even allowed to have my grief because there's more people who deserve it more than I do <laughs> and that's just my weirdness I think and um so Friday when I found out that Brody was gone I was actually here at work and um I kind of thought okay I'm okay because there I mean I've only known Brody maybe four or five years and there's people who've known him 20 30 so I thought that they deserved it more than I do to be sad and then I came in here and I started massaging and my patient was super quiet so I started thinking of all of the Brody stories and started sobbing on the patient which I'm sure everybody wants a massage where the massage therapist is crying I know there's like a song that says it's better when it's strippers it's so much better when the strippers crying or something like that so yeah I was the massage therapist bawling and um and then I came home and I was sitting on the couch still trying to process what happened and the hangover was on tv and I looked at John and I go how much you want to bet if you press that button right now it's going to be Brody's scene and not kidding you he pressed that button and it was fucking Brody's scene. And, um, so then we went to the comedy store and cause I felt like I needed to be there. And I just, even though I'm nobody, like I get it, I know I'm nobody. And I kind of hope nobody listens to this anyway. I'm just, it's just me needing to process, I think. Um, cause you don't, like, nobody gives you the protocol for what's supposed to happen when this happens. Like, how are you supposed to go on and how are you supposed to think and what are you supposed to do? Like, there's no protocol for that. And that's, like, that's pretty fucked up. So I'm, like, floundering. And I'm sure, and I know everybody else is. And I know, and I get it. Like, I didn't know. I Somebody came up to me last night and said, I'm sorry, I know you were close. And I go, I wish we were closer. And that was probably a really awkward response for her. And, <laughs> and she was just trying to be nice. And I'm just going to make it weird. But, um, yeah, I wanted to be at the store and just make sure everybody was okay. Like, because it hurts. It's it's stupid. It's, duh. And, um, <laughs> and so, like, I don't have as many Brody stories as everyone else does. But my, these these are mine um uh when we first really really had a good conversation with Brody he I told him I go oh Brody we have a son named Brody and he looked at me and he goes thank you and like I did the blink and the the like the head jerk like um 
we didn't name him after you. <laughs> I didn't say that, but it made me laugh. And that was when I first really, really started seeing like Brody, like, um, Brody actually the first night I did comedy I did it at the Ha Ha Comedy Club and I was so high off of the adrenaline that I was like I want more comedy I need this more in my life and we ended up going to the comedy store and Brody ended the night like he always does the Sam Kinison spot and um (laughs) I told him I go hey Brody this was the first time I ever did comedy and he was like oh and he was talking about how he wanted to pull me up on the main stage and and um, let me do comedy. He didn't, and I would have chickened out anyway. Because that's one thing I don't have with as a comedian yet is that confidence. Like I need, or just the fake confidence. Like I can't fake it. Like orgasms. It's just something I can't fake. And um, Brody was actually the first person to teach me about cadence. Because Brody had this joke where he goes, "I should have got a laugh on cadence alone." And, um, and you do listen to it and it becomes a rhythm. And, um, I, in fact, every time I record my sets and I re-listen to my sets, I've noticed that I still haven't found my cadence yet. Like I still haven't found my rhythm yet. Like I'll start getting there and I know where I need to go. Um, but yeah. Um, and then one time Brody got really mad at John and I, because we'd been going to the store for so long and everybody knew us. And we were sitting in the front, and he got mad because John and I were in the front. And he goes, um, you know, my friends are in the front. Now I'm feeling pressure, and I don't like this. And you guys should know you're not supposed to sit in the front because you're friends. And then we got up to move, and he's like, and now it's awkward. And, <laughs> and because of that moment, that New Year's Eve, um, we went to the store, and we were purposely... Because of Brody Stevens, we were purposely late to the show for New Year's Eve because we wanted to be set further away because he was on the set list that night. And um, we got there and the door guys had seen that our name was on it and they knew we'd like to sit up front and they actually saved us two seats in the front row at the original room. And um, Brody wasn't ending the show that night. He was actually in the middle, which... Brody needed to be the rambler, so it was a weird, it's a weird set anyway for Brody to be in the middle of the set list, and um, so right before Brody went on, John and I actually got up and left the room, because we didn't want him to be upset, and we ended up talking to Rick Ingram until Brody's set was over, and then coming back in the room, because, um, yeah, we, <laughs> and um I got to see Brody fucking slay in the backyard at Hermosa Beach Mary show. And then, like, the next, not the next show, but the next, next show after that, I actually got to open. Erica Ligny let me open the show, which was super cool. And, um, ugh, ah, God. It's, it's just, ugh. And at one point, um, I was in the back. We were in the main room at the comedy store, and we were in the back, and I looked over, and Eleanor Kerrigan was walking on Brody in the back. And I went up to him, and I'm like, hey, Brody, um, do you want me to massage you? And I ended up massaging Brody, his shoulder, because he was a pitcher. I was massaging Brody while Brian Holtzman was on stage just crushing it. And it was such a surreal experience because I felt special, which doesn't happen very often. Um, 
Because I felt like I was part of something. Because that's all I, I, like, I just, and I think that's how Brody is, too. Like, I just, just want to be a part. And I always feel like I'm the outsider. Like, I always feel like I'm missing the personal joke. I always feel like I should be two steps away from everyone. But you know, there's those times where, you know, I feel special. And Brody was one of those. He knew my name. Like, he would walk by every time I saw him and be like, hey, Joy. And just that alone, I mean, I know I'm a simpleton, but, um, and like for two months, Brody's been like, when am I going to get on your table? When am I going to get on your table? And, um, we finally set it up for March 5th and I was so excited and we had a date, like we had a date. He had plans. Like he was doing so well. Like, I mean, (sighs) he was going to go on tour with Stephen Randolph and it's just, he had plans like uh, um uh, what other um oh, oh I was well I don't know if this is true or not but they said I was the first person to guess the time because when Brody would get on stage he would just ramble and after a while he'd be like hey Danny how long it Danny's the guy in the south bo- the sound booth and um he'd be like hey Danny how long have I been up here? And he would let the audience guess. And I said 52 minutes. This was years ago, and I should not remember. But I said 52 minutes. And Danny up in the sound booth goes, this is the first time somebody's ever gotten it right. And Brody's all, connection, positive energy, we're connected. (laughs) And um, Joe Dosh, by the way, who is going to be my next podcast, it'll come out next Monday. He does a fantastic Brody impression. And he was doing it that Friday because I went to the comedy store and he scared the ever-loving shit out of me. Like, I was walking and I almost dropped what I was doing because he, it was it was a really good one. Um, and then, I mean, just like, just last Saturday, I was sitting in the lobby of the main room and um, Brody was on stage and my friend Emily, producer Emily and I were talking and... We ended up stopping our conversation just to listen to Brody. And I fucking wish I would have just got up from the lobby and went and watched him in the main room. And um, I also wish I would have texted him and told him how excited I was that he was going to be on my podcast. And, um, yeah. So, um, and then... (sighs) Oh, and then one of my favorite Brody stories is because oh, I started when I started working at the comedy store. John and I stopped going to shows as much as we did, and I miss comedy. I miss sitting there and watching. And um, so one night, John actually took me to work so I could drink. And um, I asked him, "I go, is it okay if we just stay for a while?" It was after work; the kitchen was all clean. I go, just stay for a while and just watch comedy. I'm like, I fucking miss it so much. And, um, so John went outside to go pay pay the meter and Brody was on stage and he was going and doing his Brody thing. And he kept saying he was parched. So I asked him, I was like, Hey Brody, do you want me to go get you a bottle of water? And he said, yeah, would you joy? And I said, I'd do anything for you, Brody. And I got up and I got him water. And when I brought it to him on stage, he actually made everyone clap for me and he wouldn't continue doing comedy until the audience clapped for me. Fuck, I wish I had more stories. But these are mine, and these I will treasure. And like I said, I kind of hope nobody fucking listens to this because I feel stupid right now, which is kind of, yeah, 
normal. And um, Stephen Randolph and Hormos Rashidi, which are also amazing comics, um, they had a great saying and a great idea. And because Brody was struggling with some of the negative reviews on his special. And um, which is why everybody says don't read your reviews, which is sad because I know my one star review for Breaking Faith almost verbatim. And I can't tell you any of my five star reviews. But um, so don't read reviews because people are mean and they don't understand that words affect you. And it sucks because words have power only if you give them power, which is what I always told my kids. Like words are just noise coming out of your mouth unless you give them power to be something else. And, um, but words are powerful. Like as an author, an indie author, I mean, it's really nothing, but as an author and as a, you know, wannabe comic, um, I notice how words are. Words are my life. I fucking love words, like lyrics. I'm a lyric whore for music. And um, so if you could, Brody has a special. And if you want, just go leave a positive review because he that's what he loved. Like Brody lived for his accolades. And that's, he, he was only doing well if what he was doing was doing well. And um, which sucks because when he passed away on Friday he was trending on Twitter and fuck he I wish he would have been able to just trend first because everybody loved him he I mean he was volatile like I said I mean he yelled at me and John for being in there but then you knew the next time you'd see him it was gone like he 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 was just he was just Brody and um he was worth it and all of you guys oh god that's cliche but everybody's special and everybody's worth it and it's hard sometimes to see that and it just makes me sad because he was alone in his apartment and but he wasn't alone like we loved him like I've that place the comedy store was gutted and it was so hard like I mean this how dumb is this like I've been delivering chicken tenders since September and I know those freaking tables by heart. In fact, when I first started working there, I went home and whited out all the maps so I could test myself because I didn't want to be a burden on anyone. And so I would test myself to make sure I knew the tables. Like I know these tables by heart. And, um, that night I, there was times I would grab an order and go, I don't even know where this table is. Like this, does this fucking table even exist? And just watching those comics get on stage and have to perform and have these people laugh, which is exactly what Brody would want. It's what all we want. Like that's what we want is that fucking laughter. And, um, just watching those comics just push through it and fucking like set after set like Stephen Randolph I was fine I was perfectly fine because when I got to the comedy store um the kitchen was really backed up because everybody was kind of off in their own little head and so I asked the manager Richie if I could actually clock in for 30 minutes to help just to stay busy and to stay out of people's way I don't know like I didn't want to bug anyone and um so when I was delivering chicken tenders, I went into the original room and Stephen Randolph was on stage and Stephen and Brody were really good friends. In fact, they were going to go on tour. I think I said that already. Yeah, they were going on tour. And um, so 
Stephen was talking about how he was upset and I was like, okay, just shut your ears off. Just shut your ears off. And, um, then he said 818 till I die, which was one of Brody's catchphrases. Like Brody was the fucking king of catchphrases. Like, yes, positive energy, a positive push. You got it. Arms crossed negative. And, um, 818 till I die and well, 818 forever or 818 till Friday. And, um, that hit me hard. That hit me and it just sucked. Cause I walked into the kitchen and I started crying and like, I still, I still don't feel like I deserve this grief. Like I wish I would have known him more or maybe I'm glad I don't know. I didn't know him. And I only have these stories because then I would have maybe been even more gutted than I am now. And it just sucks because he loved Brody. And he had, and it's kind of scary too, because Brody had what I want. Brody had the main room spot two or three nights a week at the comedy store. Brody had spots all over town. Brody had spots in movies and people loved him and it still wasn't enough. And that's terrifying because what I'm striving for wasn't enough for him and that I don't know that's something and like I said like I always feel like I'm just this awkward person that just is obnoxious and annoys people and like I should I'm never like in the in crowd I'm not like even the misfit ends I still don't fit in and I still keep going back to the comedy store one because I do feel comfortable there but I still don't feel like I belong like I I don't know and I just it makes me wonder what Brody thought and I just hope he knows that he really was loved and he just didn't love himself enough and I mean he pulled through in 2011 and he was strong for that so we got to give him credit for that and um yeah, I think I'm done. And the sponsors for this one is, you know, You Got It and Positive Push and Born Gemini and Raised Jewish. <laughs> and actually, Brody almost made me stop, like, because I'm so neurotic and anxiety-filled that um, Brody has this joke where he says, 80% of comics smoke pot and the other 20% aren't funny, and I've never smoked pot, and I remember thinking, fuck, is that it? Like, should I just stop before I began? And, um, yeah, I just hope, this is making me think, like, it really makes me want to just keep pursuing my dream, and even if I'm not good at it, and I never make it, at least I did it, and, um, I hope I find my cadence, and I hope I find my rhythm, and, Because Brody fucking had his, damn it. And, um, all right. Thank you.